This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. I want to look at some cells here. Um, one of the cells that I have, you know, obviously we talked about Gus Edwards last week. The same applies this week, okay? I went into the yep. spiel last week. Um, drink every time you hear me say spiel today. Won't do it again this week for Gus Edwards, but just yep. copy and paste that. Now, the, just the added factor is that Keaton Mitchell could be emerging here as well, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think after the three games that Najee Harris has had, Three top 24 finishes, two of them in the top 15. I think you can potentially get out from this like fringe RB2 type of situation, right? Where right. you never know, you know, his his boy who has been outperforming him this year in the backfield, you know, he's going to have his games, right? But the usage for Najee Harris hasn't really changed at all. Now, he did start getting some more targets after the buy. His target share went up to 12% over the last three weeks from the 5% over the first six weeks. But his rushing share, his route participation, there's no bump there. Okay, so you can expect those targets to potentially fall back down. What's interesting is that Najee just happens to be the one targeted right now. Jalen Warren went from a 16% target share the first six weeks of the season to 11% over the last three weeks. So I, I don't think this is an intentional switch because the route participation didn't necessarily change. Okay, I think it's just right. a matter of circumstance how it happened to play out. So if I had to bet on you know who's the one you know being targeted the rest of the season in the past game, it's probably Jalen Warren, not Najee Harris, the guy who's been getting the target share all year long. Right now, it, it looks like a decent matchup against Green Bay on paper this week, but the Packers have actually been pretty good against running backs lately. Over the last four weeks, they're giving up the fourth least fantasy points to running backs per game, and they're allowing only 3.37 yards per carry to running backs. Okay, so I'm not sure I need to necessarily like wait until after this game, what might look like a good matchup on paper or anything like that. Uh, they're in Cleveland the week after as well. So not great. I, I think I'm going to try to take advantage of these three games that he just had and, and, and move on. 
Yeah, I think you have to. Look at what you had with Najee Harris before the bye. He had four single-digit performances. You know, He wasn't inside the top 15 in any of those games. Suddenly, he comes out on a tear by his standards, and he's putting up a solid floor. Like, Najee's here, ceiling is a solid floor, <laughs> and you weren't able to sell on that at all. You know what I mean? You, you can't sell on that, but now he has these games. He has two touchdowns in the past three games. He had none in the first, let's see, five games of the year. So, like, this upside... I don't want to call him touchdown dependent either because he's getting that same workload. But at the same time, like, do we expect him to keep scoring all these touchdowns? You know, he has two touchdowns past three games. And that one hyper-efficient game in the middle against Jacksonville where he had five catches for 42 yards. If he doesn't have those, he had seven carries for 13 yards. I think that the game log is propping up what, the, like you mentioned, hasn't been a workload that's going to support any type of fantasy RB1 consistent. Fantasy RB1, even if it's just on the fringe high-end RB2, I think that we're seeing the best of Najee Harris right now. It's not really going to get much better. So I'm with you on this one. I was looking at him as one of my cells as well, but it kind of went without saying, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to get out from under one of these guys, you know, a, a guy that doesn't have much of a ceiling, but has a floor suddenly in, these, in a couple of weeks, I think that's definitely something I'd be looking to do. I'm not sure who you'd upgrade him into, but you can package him up with a couple other players, you know, that kind of thing. If you need to make a deal, swing something for someone with higher upside, because chances are you're starting Najee as your RB2 and he wasn't doing a whole lot for you in that position. So I agree with this one 100%. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like the like think about the Lamar Jackson thing that you mentioned, right? You have a decent quarterback. Let's say you have Dak Prescott, who's been killing it lately, right? And yep. the Lamar Jackson uh, manager has a running back problem, right? And, he's, and you, you package up Dak Prescott plus Najee Harris, and you're like, yo, give me Lamar Jackson because, like, this will solve the fact that you have zero running backs, that are viable and you look at Najee Harris like well Najee Harris gave you know three double digit weeks in a row in PPR all right well that'll help me a little bit Dak is on a roll right yep. now this might not fly in a lot of leagues but like you know you never know this is the type of deal just to give you an example of the type of yeah. you know mindset I would say to put like the type of deal you could potentially put together yeah, every, every league is different. It's also interesting note there on Dak because he's entering another stretch of games where it could be like where he had it in the beginning of the season where Dallas just goes up, defense scores touchdowns, they take over the game, there's a blowout. There's no reason for them to throw the ball. You know, Dak could be a sneaky sell here because he's looked great past couple of weeks. Now, I don't want to just take away from that. Maybe he keeps doing his thing. I think he has a higher ceiling than he did the first couple of weeks of the season where he only averaged 12 points through the first four games. But still... That's an interesting point there. That would be a pretty good deal. Like, that's not disrespectful. You're not going to send that and people aren't going to be like, oh, no. Like, what are you doing? You're not just going to get immediately turned down unless whoever you're proposing to trade to is just like not interested in trading Lamar Jackson. But like we outlined in the podcast already, they might be willing to because of the low production they've had over the past couple of weeks. I have another sell. His name is Jahan Dodson. And chances are, you didn't have him in your lineup two weeks ago when he finished as a wide receiver six on the week with 25 fantasy points. But you might have had him in your lineup this week when he finished as a wide receiver nine on the week with 17 fantasy points. I'm a big Dotson guy. We talked about this a couple times on the podcast. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that Dotson's two best weeks. They've come with Curtis Samuel either out of the lineup entirely like he was in week nine or only playing part of the game like he did in week eight when he went down with a foot injury in the first place. Before that, in weeks one to seven for Jahan Dotson, 16% target share, no more than five catches in any of those games, zero top 24 finishes. Now, Sam Howell, you know, he's been as advertised. He's slinging it more than 40 attempts in four of his past five games. The commanders are past first, but they're not Dotson first when it comes to who's getting the ball. And even when Dotson does get the ball, 
he's just not doing enough with it in his hands. He averaged 4.26 yards per catch last season. Yards after the catch, I should say, last season. He's down to 2.38 this season. That ranks seventh worst out of, uh, I think it was 81 wide receivers with 200 routes run. And the same goes for his yards after contact per reception, down from 1.51 in 2022 to 0.85 this year. Curtis Samuels potentially returning soon. I haven't heard much on that front, but I'm assuming that he, you know, he hasn't gone on IR. It should be back in a week or two. I want to move out from a player who had zero value two weeks ago and can turn Dotson. You know, we can turn Dotson into something that's going to help make your team help your team on a playoff run because Dotson has had two very high uh, production games these past couple of weeks. You can take advantage of that, especially with the way that the, the commanders have been passing the ball. They've been dropping Sam Howell back at one of the highest rates in the league. So you definitely have something to sell on here. It's not just a flash in a pan type of thing where people are going to be doubting you about whether Jahan Dawson can keep doing what he's doing. The numbers look like you could support that type of wide receiver. But once Curtis Samuel comes back, I think we might see more of what we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, Jahan Dotson's target shares 23%, 18%, 19%. Like, even those numbers, like, especially the 18 to 19%, aren't like wowing you, right? They're not like popping off the page. Those are still like wide receiver, wide receiver three type of target shares. Okay. So, yeah, you're not necessarily. He, it's not like he's like getting a 25% target share when Curtis Samuel's out, right? And, and that, would that that's what we want when Curtis Samuel doesn't play like you yeah. want John Dotson to get like a 23% target share right like give me some sort of like T Higgins type of target share right that's what we're looking for Devontae Smith type of target share you know that's what we want uh but he hasn't even got that you know and and that's kind of concerning so I, I do think that you know it's time to move on now did you touch on you know we, the, the, here's the thing like I don't know what Curtis Samuel's status is Right. So it's like it's possible yeah, that we end right. up seeing, mm-hmm. you know, Curtis Samuel, like, you know, being somebody who, you know, we say like, all right, well, the toe injury is lingering up. Oh, the toe injury is lingering. Right. That's that's really the concern there, I would say. I hear. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure because like a couple of players don't have injury updates and I feel like we're pretty not, we're not late in the week, but I feel like usually we hear something about it. Curtis Samuel's one of them. We haven't heard about Josh Downs either. Like, I don't know what's happening with him. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. We're going to hear a lot of the in, the injury reports today. This is the first week of practice for a lot of these guys. So we're definitely going to hear more about this. So hopefully, you know, if Curtis Samuel is practicing today, then it's definitely a sign to go ahead and trade Jahan Dotson away for sure. Right. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. A um, couple other guys that I want to talk about selling potentially i think you know kareem hunt got into the end zone last week you know if you look at his game log over the past like four games he's had some decent games for you right um now jerome ford took a clear uh lead in this backfield this past week right we talked about it on sunday so because of that now kareem hunt it looks like he's going to continue to handle like short yardage situations so that touchdown upside is definitely there but like again touchdown dependent 
flex play. That's what Kareem Hunt is, and he's overperforming on that right now. Okay, so because of the fact that Jerome Ford is going to see most of the carries in this, in, in this, he's also going to be the primary receiving back as well. He's been the guy on, in, in the two-minute offense. He's, he's been the guy on third downs. I would be wary of, you know, Kareem Hunt can just be a bench guy for you over the next few weeks, right? And he's going to be sitting on your bench. Why not potentially try to get some value off of that, right? It's similar to the uh, Najee Harris situation I was talking about earlier, right? So right. just keep that in mind. Um, another guy, Colton Sutton, similar situation here where, you know, he's he's a touchdown-dependent wide receiver. Like, if you look at his game logs, his game logs are, you know, do you really expect Sutton to score a touchdown in every single game? Like, he scored a touchdown in every single game this year except two, right, against Washington and the Jets. And, of course, right. he didn't score against Washington. Washington's, like, giving him touchdowns like crazy to wide receivers. But he scored a touchdown in three straight games. He had the bye week. He has Buffalo, Minnesota, good matchup. Cleveland, not so good matchup. Houston, a little stingy. So, you know, like it's just one of those things where the, looking at his target volume, like look at his target volume this year. Three targets, six targets, six targets, three targets. Like th- he's going to hit a regression really, really hard at some point. And I'm looking to, to kind of part ways with that right now. Yeah, he is the anti-Deontay Johnson. Because <laughs> exactly. he's he's not getting a huge target share, but he's getting these touchdowns, and it's great. You know, it, the game log looks good, and that's the point where you can sell that volatility and go move him for somebody else. You know what I mean? Somebody that's going to give you a more solid floor. And and I, I'm with you on that one, 100 with Cortland Sutton, and also Kareem Hunt. He scored a touchdown in all of his games, but last week, like you mentioned, Jerome Ford is going to be the lead guy. So I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt really challenging him. I think Kareem Hunt can still have value, but it's going to be very week to week. You know, I don't. At a certain point, he's going to stop scoring touchdowns. That's going to be Jerome Ford's work, and maybe Deshaun Watson gets things going in the passing game. He might not be as useful in two weeks even from now than he is right now. So I think that moving off Kareem Hunt would also be a good move. I got one more sell, and it's Jacoby Myers. Now, wait, Zach. Myers is a sell after having a solid game with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback? (laughs) The answer is yes, and that's because his utilization is just underwhelming for his second straight game with O'Connell under center. You know, he saw just five targets on the day. And had it not been for that rushing touchdown that he had on just his second rushing attempt of this season, I might add, Myers would have had an unsavory 5.8 PPR points on the day. That would have been terrible. But he ended up with with 13.4 or 5, I think something like that, with that rushing touchdown. Saved him on the day. Devontae Adams also dominated the target share for the second time in as many games with Aiden O'Connell under center. He posted a 29% target share, 35% air yard share against the Giants. Unfortunately for the Raiders, not every game is going to be against the Giants. <laughs> and with matchups against the Jets and the Chiefs in two of the next three games, who are allowing the fewest and seventh fewest fantasy points per game, respectively, to wide receivers, plus a buy in week 13, the returns from Myers might not come close to what we've seen from him so far this season over the next three or four weeks. I still think that Myers is capable of earning target share, similar to what we saw earlier in the season. But as we all know, what we know isn't what we know is possible isn't always what happens. We've got a case of that here with Myers. I'm moving him at the right price this week because things just haven't looked good enough with O'Connell under center. I think that those two defense, two defenses, like I mentioned, are going to get the best of O'Connell as a rookie quarterback in his third and fourth starts. It looks the bleak. The outlook is pretty bleak for Myers right now. I think that you can save yourself from dealing with that trouble down the line if you can move him now this week while he has that extra touchdown on his game log. It's going to be a lot easier for you right now to move him. You might be stuck with him if you don't get rid of him at this point. Yeah, I, I, I definitely hear that. Um, 
the Raiders are didn't throw the ball that much against the Giants. Um, so it's hard to look at the raw numbers on targets and say, like, all right, this is what's gonna happen. Um in, in a game where they're gonna have to throw they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot more, right? They're not gonna be smoking cigars like the rest of the year after games, <laughs> right? Like they're they're gonna right. be competitive and they're probably gonna lose a lot of games like moving forward. Um, they're just lucky they went up against a Giants team that they lost Daniel Jones like early in the game and they had a quarterback that wasn't didn't know how to play football um compared to other players in the NFL. Um not to me. Just want to make that clear because that's always like the first thought. Um right. so you know this is a situation where the, the Raiders are gonna have to throw the ball more. So I'd rather look at target share here, right? Jacoby Myers target share this past week, 21%. The target share the week before that, five percent. In you know early on in the year from weeks one to seven, Jacoby Myers target share was sitting at twenty eight percent. All right, it's a wide receiver one numbers. Devonta Adams is at thirty percent. Okay, so I, I really think that this is like, and we talked about this already. Like when the trade, well, you know, when when they ended up, you know, benching Jimmy and they ended up going with with a- a- AOC. Um, not to get political here. Um, or and they they ended up you know, firing their coach and all that kind of stuff. Like, I do think that it's going to be a Devontae Adams-centric, Josh Jacobs-centric offense. And that's what it's looking like to me right now because in a lot of these games with Aiden O'Connell, Devontae Adams has been the one dominating target share, not uh, Jacoby Myers, right? Because right. in this game, Devontae Adams got a 29% target share. Last three games for Devontae Adams, 27%, 30%, 29% target share. The production hasn't been there because they haven't thrown the ball a whole lot, and the targets have, you know, not been good. Like week eight, his catchable target rate, 33%. Absolutely terrible. At least last week, it was yeah. 71%. That's good. Um, but it, it's 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 not going to be super pretty for this entire offense, and I don't think it's going to be that pretty for Jacoby Myers either so i'm i'm with you on that 2400 sports is an odyssey company 